0: fifth line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman.
1: What is up, everyone, and welcome on in. My name is Jeremy.
2: And I'm Laura.
1: And Laura, before we get to this really special episode, McGregor vs. Poirier... 3 is all set for UFC 264. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more, but the DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For July 10th's fight, DraftKings is offering all customers a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about hockey and basketball, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. It's the McGregor versus Poirier rubber match. Get in on the action now. Download the DraftKings app and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Laura? It's a big one, girl.
2: Happy 50th episode!
1: It's our golden anniversary. Isn't that what 50 is? Hell if I know. But happy 50th, my friend. We are here at this milestone together. It just feels like every time we come up on a milestone, it's just like more unfathomable to me to think about the fact that we've sat down 50 times to talk about the good, the bad, the ugly of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Wait, we started recording this podcast this season, right?
2: Correct. Correct.
1: Okay, no, so the so the bad and the ugly um <laughs> of the Columbus Blue Jackets, but we've done it 50 times. Like we've sat down, we've talked about it. We've we've talked about the Pierre Luc Dubois trade. We've talked about um, you know, the coming trade deadline with our friend Mark Schaig. Like we've we've had so much fun. We've talked to the in arena host Mike Todd. Uh, so just I'm not, I can't even fathom it. Like I'm so like head over heels over the fact that we're here.
2: And there's literally no better way that Jeremy and I would like to mark this occasion than by having this incredibly special guest on our 50th episode. Um, I am not blowing smoke when I tell you that this person has inspired Jeremy and I um, throughout this endeavor of growing this, objectively speaking, brand and community. And he is just a model person for everything that is positive and glorious about the Columbus hockey community. He does such good work, um, on all levels of Columbus hockey. Um, you've seen his apparel all throughout. Um, if you know, you know, such incredible names as Cam Atkinson and Nick Felino, you know that they trust him with their apparel brands and we just could not be, More stoked to be joined by Matt Pfeffer of 614 Hockey for our incredibly special 50th episode. This interview was one for the books. Like We could have talked for days with Matt um, about our shared passions for not only the city of Columbus, but the community, how the community can, can grow, and of course, our beloved Columbus Blue Jackets.
1: I felt myself ready to run through a brick wall. Like, especially like in the first part of our interview, you're going to hear about Matt's story. You're going to hear about why he does what he does. And uh, it's just inspiring. It's just so, uh, so great to hear. And it gives you hope and inspiration that the Columbus can be such a wonderful place for hockey fans and, and hockey fans of, of all creeds and of all people. And, and just, uh, I even just, I wanted to run through the front doors of nationwide arena and i just wanted to be there like i had i have never felt such an urge to be in the place that feels like home than i did when we were talking to matt like it just felt so so powerful uh to talk to him about this stuff today and and like laura said there's no better way than or to celebrate our 50th than to talk to matt and so we want to make sure that you you get plenty of time to listen to matt his wonderful insights. So, we're going to throw it over to the interview. We hope you all enjoy it as much as uh, we did, and we will talk to you all on the other side of the interview. All right, everyone, and welcome in Matt Pfeffer. He is the owner and founder of 614 Unlimited. You might know him a little bit better as the owner and founder of 614 Hockey, a part of that 614 Unlimited. If you're familiar with Nick Felino 71 gear, Cam Atkinson 13.com. DJ Michael Delzado Gear, you know who we're talking about. So welcome on in, Matt. We're so glad to have you today. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.
2: Yes. Thank you so much for being on our 50th episode. Um, we couldn't think of anyone. We are such big fans of yours, and we're so excited to just learn more about you, your companies, um, and how you got established um, within the Columbus hockey community. So tell us, Matt, a little bit about your story and the 614 hockey story.
0: Uh, well, I guess it has to start with um, back in uh, – I've always been a hockey fan. Like ever since I was in high school, I was the kid that liked the alternative sports. Like I liked soccer and that – like I went to a football school. Like it was football, 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 you know, kind of like a varsity blues type of town. You know, like if you ever seen that movie – that was where I was at in a nutshell. But I was the hockey kid. So it started from when I went to start going to chill games. I mean, the Columbus Chill, I will always say this was the most important hockey team ever assembled because if if that minor league team didn't exist, we wouldn't have what we have now. So uh, I I'm a big chill guy. Like you you have my heart if you're wearing anything chill. Like I'm like, oh man, I love that. So Back to the story. I I always wore hockey jerseys in high school. I was that guy that always wore hockey jerseys, shorts, uh, boots. I'm a 90s kid, so that tells you my age. There you go. But yeah, and I really loved hockey. So uh, when the Blue Jackets decided to establish a franchise here, I was actually like a Blackhawks fan. So I, I loved the Chicago Blackhawks. But as soon as we got a hometown team, I'm like, bro, I'm not going to be able to shake it. It's not going to happen. I'm just going to be on board with the blue jackets. And first season I went to like five, 10 games and it was so much fun. And if you just get that bug, once you see it live and, you know, that was one of the mottos they had way back in the day, but once you see hockey live, it's a live sport. You have to have fans there or it doesn't work. And so uh, after a while, you know, I always went to hockey games but I did like other things. And so at one point in my, my life, my many careers I've had, I was an athletic director for a high school locally here. And um, when I got let go, I still had that sports bug. Like I was like, I want to work in sports somehow, some way. So I worked a bunch of odd jobs. I, then I, I started working at like a place that started doing t-shirts and I'd already had a t- t-shirt background, uh, graphic background design. I actually tried to go to college for that at one point and, didn't work out quite well. Cause I thought I knew everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but after a while, I, I just had to, I, I just got the bug. So around 2013, around 14, I linked up with a, uh, with another uh, fan group in a sense. I, I, I me and another guy started it and uh, we, we did really well. And then comes uh, we came up with this idiot idea called the fifth line. It was just, something that came about. And after that, um, I'll, I, I'll, I'll attribute it to a, a, like a variety of people in my life that like literally stoked the fire in me to keep doing the hockey stuff. And, you know, everybody who's around me is like, Hey, when's the payoff? When's it going to work for you? Well, then, you know, being part of that fan group, I dropped out. Uh, I had, it just didn't work out between, between us after a while. And I didn't know what to do. And I remember my friend Kelsey sitting me down probably around 2017 or 18. And she sat me down. It's like, listen, Matt, you need to do hockey. That's your life. Like you and hockey go together. So I didn't want to do a podcast. I didn't want to do a Twitter account. I wanted to do something that was up my alley. And that is apparel and branding and giving back through that. And out of that was Burt 614 Hockey. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, we got something here. And I didn't realize, I just went on Twitter and just like, man, what if 614 hockey is available? Well, it was. Shocker. So I was <laughs> like, okay, I'm doing this all. I'm just taking every account from social. And I at first, I started out, like, you know, with a couple of things, like, you know, hat, T-shirt, stuff like that. Then it became a full business because of one hockey tournament. I was invited to come to a hockey tournament. Uh, it was uh, called Hockey Beats Down Cancer and I I sold out everything that day. Had all the 614 stuff there. All the beer leaguers are there sold out that day. Really? And I was like and then we we knew we had something there. And the good thing was I was able to get back through that brand. I was able to get back to, you know, charities that that are hockey centered or something like that. So then after a while I started um, I left a, a one job and I just I was like I just took the dive. I said, you know what? I'm gonna do this for, for a living. I'm just gonna do this. And I had a great business partner at the time, and I still do, and he kind of coached me through it. He told he told me how to do everything and now I'm a, a small business owner here in Columbus, Ohio, and I'm just trying to do right by everybody. So um uh, now, now we have six one four hockey everywhere, it seems like. So i'm pretty proud of that pretty pretty i get stoked when i see people wearing this stuff so
1: yeah without a doubt i remember when you uh actually like started it like i had seen it on twitter uh and I got so excited because I think the like one of the first things you put out was like the like the six one four logo that you've got the six one four hockey logo with like a background like there are some phone backgrounds and I remember th- I didn't know exactly what it was at the time but I was like this is this is dope so I saved it <laughs> to my phone and I used it as my phone background for the longest yeah. time um, so yeah I definitely I love that story so I guess like you kind of touched on it what what continues to motivate you to do Obviously, like some of the the apparel work that you're doing, but I guess even deeper than that, like what inspires you and motivates you to continue doing the important work that you're doing for hockey in Central Ohio, Ohio in general. Well,
0: I it it all starts from like I mean when we started the fifth line, you know, just we're just a few idiots that just came up with a a hashtag, and you know I'll always I'll never forget it. It was two weeks of just unbelievable pandemonium. Like we were doing radio. We were doing TV. We were just all over the place. You know, homage is getting a hold of us, you know, and they're like, hey, we want to do shirts for you. And we're like, like, we didn't know what to do. And then we got this wonderful call uh, from the Blue Jackets, and they said, hey, we would really like to partner up with you. What do you want to do with the fifth line? And a lot of people were trying, were knocking on our door trying to get that that phrase because it's trademarked now. And they were just like, ooh, how, how much? How much do you want for it? And we had Nike, Bauer, Reebok all coming at us with offers for it. But we we know in our heart that that was not the greatest move because we wanted that to stay in Columbus. It was something that belonged to Columbus and belonged to the fans who started it because all I did was come up with a hashtag. They ran with it, you know. But it was just so neat to see everybody embrace something that, you know, a, a few idiots came up with in Columbus, Ohio, you know, but uh, the blue jackets were awesome. Um, we, we had a, a working deal with them, uh, worked with some great people in the front office. Some people that used to work for the chill and I remembered them from the chill. We're still working at the blue jackets. So that was really fun. And uh, we got to work hand in hand with our favorite team. And I, that's very unique for a fan group to do, you know, to work hand in hand. And one of the guys that was there, at the time and he's now back, uh, was a guy named Marcus Stevenson who's now the VP of digital at the Blue Jackets. And uh we've always been good friends since. Um, but he was the one that really light lit my fire, honestly, like through the whole process. He was the one that introduced the fifth line to to everybody. He's like, dude, we gotta we gotta hone in on this energy. And he was the one that got the the front office to agree to meeting with us, you know, because they could have just taken it and ran with it. But at, you know, Marcus was like, Hey, listen, let's, let's, let's talk to these guys and let's build that fan base back up." which that's all I'm about. I'm about building the hockey community around here. And I got that passion from him and because of him, I have the life I have now. And I think that's really a testament. Like there's a few other people in there too, but because of his fire, he allowed us to, he kind of nurtured it in a way, but uh he he went to several other jobs, major jobs too. And then uh just recently he came back to the Blue Jackets as a vice president and uh he called me first thing when he got the job. He's like, Hey Matt, guess what? I'm like, What? I was like, I'm back. I'm like, You mean you're back? <laughs> it's like you're back where like he was in Washington at the time. And I was like, like, no, I'm coming back to Columbus. I'm like, oh my gosh. Like I just I was you couldn't, you couldn't I was so happy for him. I was and we're, we, we have a good relationship to this day, and uh, uh, hopefully some things are in the works between us and, and the Blue Jackets because of that because he's such a good dude and he, he wants to build the hockey community just like I do. So I think that's where that passion keeps going is building, building that community, building the people who uh, get excited for hockey, and, and maybe they just don't know hockey. We'll introduce it through a brand, through something. Like I don't care who wears it as long as it's being worn right, you know, and some people just like the logo. They're like, Oh man, it's a cool logo. Well, you know, I walk through the short North here and I'll see people just wearing that, the hat. Well, it's, it's indirect marketing. It's indirect uh, promotion of what we're doing here in Columbus and going to the beer leagues, going to the, the midgets to the junior, you know, the junior jackets, all those guys just helping them out, grow the game and cultivating that love for the game. So, cause it's, it's easy to get burnout. Uh, with hockey because hockey players, they, they, they practice constantly, (laughs) they constantly practicing. So uh, that's what keeps me going is um, just trying to build the fifth line and the fan base and the hockey community all at once. So.
2: Well, I have to say on a personal note that, you know, you talk about this like small group of, I don't like, I don't think any of you are idiots, but you know, <laughs> I consider kid.
0: myself a big idiot. So,
2: <laughs> Well, you created this, um, you know, the fifth line, this movement, this community, and a little bit, I'm fairly new to like the hockey world. This is, I'm entering into my fourth year as a fan. Mm-hmm. And to show you the impact that the fifth line has had, um, my very first tattoo um, a year after my first game
0: is I have five
2: lines. Oh, wow. Right I, I might have,
0: yeah, I might have seen that somehow on social media because I love when people post the fifth line tattoos. Like, I, I know a guy that got one. He got, we are the fifth line wrapped around like a, a hockey stick and stuff. And I, that kind of stuff is just neat. Like, I eventually will get a fifth line tattoo. I just don't know when I'll have time to sit down in a chair and just relax. So. But relax.
1: Relax is an interesting I, way.
0: Yeah, I mean when. Well, I mean like like, when you love what you do, you you don't feel like you're working. So, that's, I I love doing this. I love building something. You know.
2: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The, I like
0: I, I've seen. Yeah, I've seen that tattoo, and I think I remember it now. So. Thanks.
2: <laughs> I rub, I, it's my like game um, nervous tick. I rub it during games. Oh my gosh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think,
0: I think that should be an episode where you guys talk about superstitions that either players or fans have. Because I think everybody has their superstition. And I think that's like a big deal. Like I used to blare Machine Head before a game, like in my car, even though I'm going to hear it again machine head, it, every time i hear the the chords, i get like this like my goosebumps just kind of start rising cuz i know it's time for hockey somehow some way so i think that should be a fun that would be a fun episode
1: Oh, absolutely! I actually actually did that with Laura as we were driving down to the first game back, like in March, like when they finally let fans back in. We got to go to that first game back, and I just blared Machine Head. Yeah, (laughs) I know because it is. It's
0: it's it's just our song. Like I keep telling everybody, I'm like, you think of Machine Head in the way that you don't think that we do, but Fifth Liners know when you hear the chords for Machine Head, it's ready. You're ready for hockey. You're ready to go. So, um. I, I always say that that's our song. That's the Blue Jacket song. But that uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. I uh, I just love hearing those stories. Like, oh yeah, I got a fifth line tattoo. I'm like, what? Just make sure it's not on like somebody's ass cheek or something because I don't want to see yeah. it.
1: <laughs> that's where mine is, so that's unfortunate. Oh, <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's a shame. I'm, I'm good. I, I I have it right here in my head. It's, it's all good. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, you you've done so much in the community, and you know you're building these relationships. And one of one of the reasons Jeremy and I wanted to start a podcast was not only to recreate the conversations that we would have going to or from a game when we were you know in in COVID, um, but because we both care so much about this city and so much about growing this community. Um, because it's such a welcoming, like such a welcoming space, um, 99% of the time. Um, so like what has been the most rewarding, like partnership that you've been able to develop so far? Like what, what speaks most to you out of the the community partners that you've made? Um,
0: uh, I, you know, I have... You know have my cam Atkinson partnership. I've been able to do stuff with uh Cam Atkinson uh with his website and, and all the money that he he gets from that he donates back um in some way and you know I love doing stuff with Cam. I love doing Nick. Nick Nick Felino is an amazing guy. Uh been able to work with you know Michael Delzato, been able to work with uh you know I, Boone Jenner was the first guy to wear wear my hat, you know so you know those are you know, and we see those guys walking around town just you know just out of blue, and it's awesome to see that, but my most rewarding is seeing the kids that develop hockey here. Um, my favorite one, the first people to ever reach out to me was the Columbus Mavericks. Uh, they're they're a uh, uh, single a junior team here in Columbus. Uh, they their first season it was just all local kids that just want to play a couple extra years of hockey they just want to get that under their belt and um, just watching those guys try to fight for you know some kind of recognition or some kind of scholarship or some kind of you know way into the next level of hockey or just to play just just enough to play a couple more games here and there it's awesome it's awesome to watch those guys you know um, uh, Derek Richardson you know he's a, he's a prowler who went to the Mavericks and last year he led I think he was one of the leaders in scoring last year in the league for the Mavericks and just watching that progression you know it was fun to watch um but my I mean just watch, like you know Cam the Mavericks well my favorite right now is the junior prowlers and what they're about so um the prowlers uh the the southeast prowlers the southeast Ohio Columbus area prowlers Um, They operate with a high school team. Well, they haven't had a feeder system ever. They've never – like kids started freshmen and, you know, barely can skate, can barely hold the stick. Well, um, Chris Watts and his wife started um, started the junior prowlers, which is the feeder system for those prowlers. And um, they reached out to me immediately and they said, hey, can we help – can we get some help? Can we do some stuff? with you guys and we wanted to help each other. And so we started developing, you know, some 614 themed prowler stuff, you know, black, purple, uh, silver is what their colors are. Um, And they had their inaugural season last year and um, they're like, Hey, our kids don't have warm ups. Could you donate some windbreakers? And we did, we donated uh, probably about 25 to 30 windbreakers for the coaches on down. And the kids all warmed up, They were so proud of those windbreakers at 614 hockey and you know, they were all zipped up and, uh, uh, just watching them succeed. Uh, they had to go to an unsanctioned tournament, uh, during Christmas. And they said, Hey, uh, if you don't mind, we'd like to go with 614 hockey We can't use prowlers. So uh, can we use 614 hockey? We ended up winning the tournament with 614 hockey. So I thought that was pretty awesome. And, um, they invited me back uh, for their awards banquet that they had last year. And I was, they were like, Hey, we want you to come. I'm like, all right. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I'll come down for, you know, like a beer or two and then, you know, we'll say hi to the kids and whatnot. And uh, they presented me with a Jersey and a picture of them all in their warm ups, And I think that hit my heartstrings really hard. Cause like I, it kind of felt good because I felt like I was on the right path. That's the, that's the path I want to have. I want to have that impact. On kids like that, where they they present me with a framed jersey, the the whole nine yards, and just you just love seeing the excitement that the kids get from being part of that team atmosphere to going into a rink and and kind of proving everybody wrong because people don't look at Columbus or anywhere as a hockey town, and it really is. It's just growing naturally. It's not it's not like blowing up and then it just. I've seen I've seen towns blow up with hockey. And then regress. So we're, we're building it naturally. And people are starting to get into hockey. So um, I would say out of all of them, I think the prowlers has got my heart a little bit just because of the kids. But uh, the one that really got me this past recently, this summer, was I had a pawn hockey team. Uh, I was coached by a good friend of mine, Kyle Robertson. And uh, he's like, hey, the kids wanna, want some jerseys. And I'm like, I got some 614 jerseys right now. I said, "You want to do that?" So they went at six one four hockey during pond hockey. Kids got their names on the back. They got the whole nine yards And the black jersey. Obviously, was everybody's favorite jersey. Uh, and the kids looked so sharp. And uh, I got to meet them after like one of the games. I said, "Hey, they're." Kyle's like, "Hey, this is the guy who got you your jerseys." Kids were already had ideas for their next jersey with six one four. They were like, "Hey, can we do white? Uh, oh, can we do a gray one? Or hey, uh, what about purple?" so it was really cool and um obviously i have a beer league team uh uh i I sponsor one of the b b teams so they they they're they're known as and every team is known as 614 hockey so that's pretty nice pretty nice to be able to not just not just put it out there like you know it's great to have the branding out there but just to see people embrace it that's where i really that's what's rewarding to me that makes the all long hours worth it so
1: well, and I think that's what's so powerful about what you've done with 614 hockey is when when a brand becomes synonymous with with a larger thing, that like that's like so indicative of the power of that brand. So I think when people think 614 hockey and they see that that logo, I don't know that they just think of 614 hockey, the apparel brand. I think they think of what that's the sport is in the city of Columbus. Right. And I think that's so cool. And that has to just be like, I'm thinking about like you walk in a nationwide arena and you see we are the fifth line up like in the rafters and you see people in the arena wearing that. And it's just because, like I said, becoming synonymous with hockey here and that's just so cool. And it has to be, I I assume at first, especially overwhelming.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, when I walk into the arena, I don't really look up too much anymore, but when I do, and I do see like the, like we are the fifth line or the home of the fifth line at the top, it's kind of nice. It's kind of like, I left my mark somewhere and, um, Everybody says that you should leave a legacy of some sort, whether and, and make it a good one, you know, make it a good legacy that people remember when you've either moved on to something else or you, you're past. And uh, I really believe that, like, that's not going away. The fifth line is something that's part of the fabric of the Blue Jackets, and it's not corporate, it's not manufactured, it was done by the fans and the fans alone. And that's what really makes that special. It was grown organically. It didn't, it did blow up overnight, not going to lie, but it stayed the course. It's, it's, it's stuck. And when you see guys saying, hey, hey, fifth line, you know, or hey, thank you, fifth line, you know, you're part of that group. You're not, know you're part of that, that rabid group of fans who have a beer in one hand and are yelling at the other one. Like, I mean, it just, that's what it's all about is that enthusiasm. And um, I always say that the fifth line should never stop at Nationwide Arena. I always say that the fifth line should be bigger than the fifth. Like it should go past the the, the borders. And that's what I think 6.14 is supposed to do. It's supposed to be that, that extension of the fifth line. Like fans who just appreciate the game that much, they give back to the game somehow, some way. And I think that's what – uh, 614 is supposed to be i'm i'm just a fan i'm i'm nobody special i didn't i didn't play 10 years in the league or i didn't play 10 years of bear league i didn't i played like roller hockey that's how i fell in love with it i mean i mean er, i think everybody's first crush was the mighty ducks when it came to hockey and we all strapped on a pair of roller blades got a stick and we all played you know we all ran around asphalt somehow some way and that's how I fell in love with it. I actually played in Newark. We used to have like a little cage area that we used to play hockey. And that's how you fall in love with the game. And we need – as fans, I think we need to cultivate that somehow, some way, and figure out and help the Blue Jackets cultivate that. I think that's where we where it really comes out to is the fifth line, helping out the Blue Jackets cultivate this hockey culture that's here in Columbus. Because it's easy to talk about Ohio State football. It's easy to talk about other sports. But – Hockey is its is a uh, a niche. It's a niche sport, but it can be a big niche. It can be like like you you get an out of towner that moves in. He's like, oh, you don't like hockey? You don't like hockey? I mean, you I mean that's where I want to get to at some point. Not like oh, you don't like Ohio State football? No, I went to UC. Sorry, <laughs> I'm a Bearcat. <laughs> you know. And so. I feel like that's where the fifth line needs to be. It's a, it's easy to be a fifth liner when you're inside the arena, but cultivate that outside too. And so uh, I think we're like the one of the few that are like really gung ho about hockey, you know, like we're, you know, you have a, you have a podcast, I have a brand and uh, now we have to. As I'm a push it toward other people and, and make it, make it contagious. So, Uh, I'm done talking now.
2: (laughs) No, we, I mean, honestly, you were, you are preaching to the choir with Jeremy and I, I mean, we joke around, I've, in my entire existence, have never, like, Bought into something as quickly as I bought into being a Blue Jacket hockey fan. It was kind not, of
1: scary, to be honest with you. Like <laughs> it was
2: kind of scary. Um, sports were not a part of my life prior to this, and you know he took me to one game as because he just like needed someone else with his season tickets, and then he turned he created a monster. So like,
0: <laughs> good job. <laughs> See, that's what it's about. I try created my best, monster, and that. That fifth line spilling out, and and now you've got. I've gotten. I'll tell you this: one of my best friends in the world. Uh, she uh, she lives out in Los Angeles. Um, she does a lot of our videos. So like, if you see some hype videos that come through, she she does a lot of that editing. Well, she's in, She works for uh, uh, a company out there that does you know uh, commercial editing, um, you know all that kind of stuff. And she got the bug the same way I've gotten some other people. This. Way. Her name is Miriam Hughes one of the greatest people I know. And I took her, she's like, I really want to go to a Blue Jackets game. He's like, I keep hearing about this fifth line. I'm so proud of you for that. But he's like, I really want to go to a game. So I was like, when do you come back to town? She's like, I come back th- th- during Christmas. I'm like, all right, cool. How long are you here? Uh, Past New Year's. Cool. So that right after New Year's, uh, probably I want to say it's 2014 or 15 maybe. We it, it had to be 15 because yeah, that was, um, we went to a Capitals game. And it was the Blue Jackets, kind of, kind of hanging in the middle there against the, uh, I mean, red hot Capitals, right? And she went to the game with me, and she had her fifth line shirt on. She knows she's supporting. She never watched hockey live before, ever. She saw pieces of it ever. She went to the game, and I brought her. And that's the thing, like you did the right thing. You brought Laura to the game. And that's what happens. Just that bug gets you. Well, we went to overtime. And then we went to the shootout. And you're on the edge of your seat during those games. You're just waiting to see what happens. And that excitement, that bug got her. And she's like, oh, my God, that was so much excitement. She's like, I couldn't stand it. And I was like, okay. And then I found out like like a couple months later. She's like, yeah, I bought the NHL package. (laughs) And I was like, oh, really? She's like, yeah, yeah. And then – um, she just started helping me out with stuff, and uh, she's just such a good person. So every we, we love talking hockey, and she's done a lot of, like, uh, our cam videos. She's done a lot of our – our she did our Foligno hype video. She's done a lot of editing on that. She's just a great person. Now she's got the bug. Uh, every time the Blue Jackets do a West Coast swing, she goes to every game on the West Coast. So she goes from – she'll go to – I think she did five games once. She went to Arizona – uh, she went to Vegas Then she went to both LA games, then to San Jose. And she, she's, she was at every game. And I'm like, that's awesome. Like <laughs> when you build that kind of fandom, it just make it makes you smile. Cause like, Oh my gosh. You, first of all, you, you might've got a leg up on me. Cause I've only been to like maybe three or four different arenas to watch the jackets. She went to five in like one week. I'm like, <laughs> uh, you got me beat. But he, uh, but like I get that. I get like you have to take new people to these games to get them excited about hockey, and it's hard to do that. It's like you know, we have our little cliques, we have our little groups of people, and the whole fifth line was about breaking those cliques and being one big family. So, uh, that's what 614 hockey is about, too. It's just it's about everybody involved in Columbus. So, so that's uh, I, I told, I. To- I That was a great story because you got the bug and I took my friend Miriam and now she's doing editing for me. And now you're doing a podcast. (laughs) So perfect.
2: Yes. It's yeah, it's contagious and people don't believe me. And then like we, we take them to games and it just, you know, I have, I call her my hockey baby, but one of my good friends, her name is Megan. I took her to a game um and all the bells and whistles happened it was like a super competitive game we went into overtime um we won so the streamers fell like all all of the things happened and we were walking out of the arena and she looks at me and she goes when can we go again
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's amazing that's awesome
2: and within like a month, she was going to – um PLD was doing a signing at one of the Blue Line stores. And she was like, I think I'm going to go. And I was like, you should. You should go. And so she, within a month, she was like meeting players and like doing all this stuff. And I was like
0: – She went 100% in. She did. That's
2: she great. Like could barely speak to him, but she went. <laughs> so oh I, my was, I was proud of her.
0: <laughs> I got to see him. I got to see him right before he got traded, so – uh, I got the I got to talk to him for a little bit, and you could tell he was uh, he was on another mission. So, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm it's I couldn't believe how many people like when they when they go up to players, how like nervous they are. It's insane to watch. I'm more of like chattery, and like I usually have somebody like a handler around me that says, "Hey." <laughs> Like, like right now, like Matt. <laughs> but, <laughs> no, no,
2: no. You, you. I completely. Jeremy will tell you. We. He took me to a season ticket holder event, maybe like a, the second year that I was a fan. And um, obviously, you get to meet like all of these people, and this kind of edges well into our next question too. But I'm a huge Cam Atkinson fan. Like oh, I. Yeah adore him um and we were walking up to his table and the whole time Jeremy's like, please don't like <laughs> pass out or like do <laughs> anything he, and I was like the whole time like practicing what I was gonna say and by the end of it I was like what happened and he goes, do you not remember and I was like I think I blacked out I don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just remember I had a my friend Kelly walk we at one of the same events. It was right when IKEA opened in Columbus, and walked up to Alexander Wenberg and said, "How do you feel about IKEA being there?" I said, Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> that's like for real. I oh like, my that gosh.
0: That's 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 typical. I mean, like, hey, Swedish Swedish company, Swedish guy.
1: <laughs> oh, it killed me. She's gonna kill me for saying that on this show. She's gonna text me and be like, "Are you kidding?" That's um, the of having a podcast, they don't necessarily have to listen to it.
0: But
2: exactly. I mean, we
0: can edit this later, you know, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, I, another, another one of the, I mean, it's just, I love seeing people get the bug. Like, I just love that. It just lights me up because I had that same excitement. I was so gung ho and I still am. I, I mean, I love walking to the arena. There's a, there's a certain smell to it. There's a certain like feel to it. And we walk in the Nationwide Arena, you just know – it's almost like your second home. You just know you're in a good, safe place, sort of. <laughs> yes. <laughs> i just gonna say, some unless, years more than others. Unless, unless Pittsburgh shows up and then it's like, okay, brace for impact. There's going to be dumb people around us. <laughs> 100%.
2: Um,
0: I'm not saying every Pittsburgh fan is dumb. It's just like the majority that come to us are Pittsburgh fans from Ohio – who just can't get over the fact that they're they have this like elitist mentality. It's like, well, we have cups. Well, you're like the dude with the varsity jacket that won state like 20 years ago. Okay, we're done with it. We're moving on. So, it's I I genuinely despise that particular fan base, but it's not the Pittsburgh fan base half the time. It's usually a guy from Ohio who lives like. Right around the corner in Westerville, who's just Pittsburghed out to the max, and I'm like, "Shut up! You live in Columbus. You pay my taxes here." <laughs> yeah, don't we definitely really have a couple of, arena. of the friends here like because that. of you. <laughs> What's up?
2: I said we definitely have a couple of friends that are like that that always like to text us during like Pittsburgh games and we're just like you know what you live in ohio like you're paying ohio taxes like what are you
0: thanks for, <laughs> thanks for the arena you're paying for the arena by the way just fyi exactly you're not, you're not you're not paying for for console center or anything like that you're paying for our arena so thanks so i i always like give a stab at i'm like hey thanks for being a pittsburgh fan in ohio and thanks for supporting the blue jackets
2: exactly exactly and kind of leading into that more about like people on the team who are super about Columbus. How did it come about that you started working with Cam and then more recently started working with Nick? Like how did those relationships um, come about?
0: Well, I mean, Cam was a weird one. So we have a friend that I know his name is Chris. Um, He was like his representation at the time. And he just DM'd me one day. He's like, hey, I, I see the 614 stuff flying everywhere. He's like, I've seen it at the rinks. I'm seeing it. He's like, can we can we talk? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's go grab a cup of coffee. So, you know, obviously in the short north, there's like nine coffee places you can get, catch a couple. There's either nine bars or nine coffee places, either or. So we went to a coffee place in the morning and we started talking. He's like, hey, Cam wants to start doing his own brand. We want to build a brand for him because he wants to stay here in Columbus. You know, that's his that's his mission is to help out the local community because he lives here now. This is his home. So uh, I just started coming up with ideas and stuff like that, what we could do for a logo. And uh, I do my own graphic design. So all, all the designing you see that comes through me. And I started coming up with like a star because uh, his philanthropy is for first responders and military And when you, uh, when you see that, it's like the star just kind of seems to go across all those, all those genres, all the, all the branches and everything. So I started playing around the star and I came up with the CA 13. Cam loved it. He was like, Oh dude, let's roll with this. This is my brand. This is what we're going with. So we just started doing it. We did a website. We just dropped it. And, you know, we dropped it probably two years ago and, you know, kind of did all right. First, first crack at it, did some really good stuff with it, but then, uh, we kind of reinvented the wheel a little bit. Um, so Cam got some, uh, different representation at the time because, uh, one guy decided to go back to uh, another practice, uh, Chris, he decided to do some other things. So, uh, the new representation came about and, uh, his name is, uh, it's, uh, the athlete assist. And they, they said, Hey, let's get this brand going back up again. So, Uh, obviously that was just a weird time because we had downtime during the winter where there's no hockey fall and winter, which was really odd for me. So we were just trying to figure out how to keep everybody engaged. So we're like, okay, let's do some more branding with cam stuff. But this time I want to be able to talk to cam himself and build the brand with stuff that he likes versus what we like. Cause cam's got different tastes than everybody else. So we started doing like the, you know, the, uh, the sweatshirt, the hat. We just try to do everything according to what Cam would like. And then Cam was like, I love this. I love this. I love this. So it worked out perfect. Uh, and then Nick was like, hey, like we actually had to talk Nick Felino into it because Nick was such a good dude, but he just wasn't like, he wasn't like, dude, I don't deserve a brand. He's like, you know, he's very humble. I'm like, no, I think it would really work well. Like we were just trying to talk him into it. He's like, okay, let's go for it. So I came up with the design automatically. I knew exactly how I wanted to do it and everything. So I did the NF71 uh, right there, and he was like, "Dude, that's sharp." And I'm like, "You want to run with it?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay." So let's go. And that blew up as soon as as soon as everybody knew that Nick Foligno was going to have his own brand, blew up locally and in up in Sunbury. Oh my gosh, they love Nick Foligno in Sudbury. Uh, but yeah, he it was it was just great. Uh, just a good just a good quality dude. And, um, some of the players started seeing cam stuff. They started seeing Nick stuff. So, um, we did some, we did a couple things for Jack Roslevic, uh, you know, just kind of threw some ideas at him. Uh, we've done some stuff for obviously Michael Dozado, DJ MDZ. Um, and then we did some stuff for, uh, uh, Nathan Gerby, uh, five foot four fury. Now that's his new nickname. Uh, so that worked out pretty well. And, uh, Nathan is a, Wonderful guy, wonderful, awesome guy. And um, starting to work with a lot of the local guys around here, uh, Carson Meyer and a few other guys that are, you know, live in, in Columbus, eat, live, and breathe here in Columbus. Uh, uh, and those are all connections through the AAA jackets, which I'm working with now too. And the AAA program is bar none, in my opinion, one of the crown jewels of of AAA hockey in, Colum- in not just Columbus, but in the entire United States. Like they put out some NHLers lately. And they're starting to find their way to the NHL. And people are realizing that there's NHL talent in this town. We just got to find it. You just got to cultivate it too. So,
1: no doubt. Um, I, and I think with like the return, like with, you know, the Sherwood brothers start like making their mark in the NHL and then also yeah. with Zach being a part of the team here now, I feel like it took a while because there were some guys that were in the league be- before those guys made it to town. But I feel like that really has started to put, that program on the map, especially here in town, and I think it's gotten a lot of folks really excited.
0: Well, I mean, if you think about—we got kids in the development league right now. We got kids and playing the US uh, USHL. We got kids that just got drafted in the OHL in the Ontario League. I mean, th- th- those paths lead to the NHL somehow, some way. Uh, Chris Clark, uh, you know, general, you know, assistant general manager of the Blue Jackets, general manager of the Monsters. His his boy. Just got uh, drafted in the OHL by the London Knights. I mean, that's huge, huge stuff. And so I, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of good mojo going on right now with the hockey in Columbus. Whether, whether people want to believe it or not, like that's my one of my biggest pet peeves is like the narrative about Columbus that everybody wants out. That's not the case. That's just not the case. So uh, I think people want to be here. It's just a matter of uh, what, what's your, what's your flavor you know so people like mint chocolate chip some people want sherbet some people want chocolate so what's your flavor you know and columbus is a flavor it's it's a it's acquired it's a taste that you've got to want to have you know so um yeah
1: yeah i, I totally agree i it's a flavor that i've enjoyed oh yeah I mean,
0: I, so. I mean we live here we love it here you know we we we're always, it's always going to be Ohio against the world, regardless. It's going to be Columbus against everybody else. Cause everybody's like, what's so special about Columbus? Well, it's about what we're able to do, not because of who we are already. It's what we're able to be. Uh, Columbus doesn't have a real identity. It's not a, it's not a steel mill town like Columbus or like, like Cleveland. Cleveland is a rust belt town. It's a, it's, it's industrialist. It's got some, a lot of money around there. It's a, it's a factory town you get down to Cincinnati and it's more of a Southern feel. You got the river boats, you got this like, kind of like edge of Kentucky, you know, you feel like you're in the South a little bit, but then you got Columbus right smack in the middle. And it's got a little bit of everything, you know? And I think that's what Columbus is to me is it's everything, you know? And so I think when people, when they poo on Columbus, like I I remember I went to a comedy show, uh, TJ Miller, and T.J. Miller asked about. He asked, "What? what how would you describe Columbus?" He said, "Aggressively mediocre." And I was like, "I, I was like, I kind of want like I looked at my uh, my friend Natalia. I'm like, I kind of want to fight him right now." <laughs> but
2: agreed. I agreed. What? <laughs> I said I would have fought him too. <laughs>
0: Aggres- I've never heard that aggressively mediocre. I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. All right, it's, that's your opinion, but it's a great town, great, great, great to raise a family, live in, you name it. So, and dude, I'm in the short north. This place is popping already. It's Thursday night, and the like. I'm not kidding you. the The sidewalks are full.
1: Oh, without a doubt, without yeah, a doubt. so
0: the people are missing out. They're
1: No kidding. You, you mentioned a second ago you talked a little bit about uh your dj mdZ situation i that has blown up yeah Laura's oh, you
0: know, he, I love how you guys are all wearing 614 apparel like you got we've got gotcha. you' right yeah
1: we've gotcha how that one is so fun right like that I mean yeah. like I think that that like has caught like, not that the other stuff isn't right. But I think like, especially the way that he interacted with it, the way that the crew yeah. interacted with it. Like, I just feel like that's so. I, I think up. it was really funny because I actually pitched that to
0: the athlete assist. And cause they have, you know, they have connections with a lot of the players. Even if it's not direct, they find the connection and I pitched it to them. And it was just me p- playing around because when they said in, DJ MDZ, and he says literally DJ on his Instagram handle or, I think it might be his Twitter handle. It says DJ. I was like, let me play around with this a little bit, and so I was like, I was thinking like that whole Miami vibe, like that Pitbull Miami vibe. I had no idea his residence was really in Miami, Florida. Like I'm not following him around like that, but I, I just had an idea. I was like, oh man, I got that Pitbull thing, like you know, party type of deal, and it popped. Like everybody wanted it. Everybody loved it. The players were like, like. Roselvik hits me up to do. I need a couple of those shirts. Hey, I need I needed a couple of those shirts. Cam was like, dude, I Cam Cam at one point, and I'm gonna hold him to this. He said that he wanted to crop top it and like and <laughs> out the sleeves. And I'm gonna hold him to it. I'm definitely like gonna hit him up, like, hey Cam, you're gonna easy shirt, but it's gonna be crop topped with no sleeves. Like you gotta roll it. You gotta and I might give some, uh some pit vipers too. I might give him like the pit vipers just so he can roll with it that perfectly. So I- I'm going to hold him to it. Hopefully we'll see what happens.
1: We'll get a Twitter campaign started. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yes. We'll
0: crop, add that to top our vision. <laughs> or I told him I do the crop top six or crop top six, one, four crop top uh, CA 13, something, or, or if Nick comes back crop top in NF 71. Something like that. Something along those lines. But uh, it was really cool. My, Michael Delzado hit me up, and he was just like – I just threw the design up there. He was like, dude, I really like that. He's like, dude, you give me a shirt, I'll rock it for sure. And sure enough, um, it was really funny. The day I had them printed, I uh, went across the street to a restaurant that's right here, and uh, him – it, it was Boone, Seth, and Michael Delzato sitting at the bar right next to me. had no idea. I'm just sitting there, and I'm like, oh, well, that's Seth. That's Boone. That's Michael. And my office is literally right across the street. And I, and I was like, are you – and we've been texting back and forth, but he doesn't know me by face. I know him by face, but he doesn't know me. And I'm like, hey, are you Michael? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I'm Matt. I'm with Before Hockey. He's like, oh, my gosh, yeah. He's like – I'm like, hey, do you want your shirt? He's like, absolutely. So he just came across the street to my office, got the shirt, uh, gave uh, Seth and Boone a couple things, and off they went. And next thing you know, he's – He's wearing the Italian schmedium on the uh, press conference, and I I died laughing. My uh, uh, Dave Metzold and I talked quite a bit, and he hit me up. He's like, "Dude, you guys see this?" I'm like, "What?" He's like, those wearing your shirt in the in the presser." I'm like, "Oh, okay, cool." And then um, uh, Metzold hit me up. He's like, "Hey, can we get a few shirts for the for the pregame the next night?" I'm like, "Absolutely." So got him some shirts, and I even gave Portia a shirt. So Portsline has the MDZ shirt too. So uh, that was that was just a lot of fun. That was just I didn't care if I made any sales. I just had fun with it. You know, that's the thing. Like I'm doing something fun, so I get to design something for you know a player that you know hopefully brings me a cup one day. You know, who knows? But I get to have a lot of fun with that. So yeah, uh, that was just that was just fun.
2: No, we we immediately loved it. Do what? I said, we immediately loved the design. Like the second (laughs) I saw you post it, I screenshotted and sent it to Jeremy. And I was like, so we have to get these. And I'm (laughs) super into it. And then, yeah, like you said, to have them, you know wear them on the broadcast and like it was just so it was so great to see your name out there like on the yeah broadcasts and yeah I mean yeah I mean
0: and you know I I want I want 614 to be part of the culture here not just not just a brand I just want to be part of the culture here like if you play hockey you want to wear a 614 hat like oh my gosh the kids that wear the 614 hats when you go into a chiller or something like that that that's what it's all about, right there. It's part of the culture here, and they own it. They own Columbus, like they wear it. They're like, "Hey, I'm proud to be from Columbus, and I'm proud to love hockey, like I do." And you know, doing something like when you see the Delzados and guys like that wearing this stuff, um, you know, it just makes your heart happy, you know. And you you don't care. Sometimes, you, I mean, yeah, you you want to sell stuff, for, and you want to be able to get back through that. Uh, you know, like all of our sales, you know, go to something, sometimes somehow some way we're giving back. Um, I've always said like if a hockey team was in need and they have like a kid that doesn't have skates or anything like that, hit me up. We'll see. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll, you know, kid, kid, kid can't afford his track uniform. Okay. We can figure it out. You know, like, you know, his, his warm up suit or something like that. We can always come up with something because we want the thing is, right now Columbus is suffering because we don't have enough sheets of ice. We only have 12 sheets of ice in Columbus. When you go to Pittsburgh, you get 50. So there's a big, there's a big gap between that. So, uh, the guys like Michael Delzado's who want to be here, like he said, he's like, I, my intent is to come back this year. Cam Atkinson, those type of guys. I mean, Cam built the battery. He helped build the battery there. And, you know, we go to do more batteries. We want to do more sheets of ice. where God, kids can get tutelage. Um, To my understanding, like I guess the wait list is like 200 kids in Columbus just trying to get on a hockey team. There are kids that want to play hockey, but there's not enough rink time. That has to change, and that's what 614 is about, is bringing awareness to that. Maybe maybe there's a a guy out there who just loves 614, and maybe he's sitting on a pot of gold of some sort. Maybe he's got connections to bring another sheet of ice to Columbus. And the more sheets of ice we get in Columbus, the more the hockey town gets built. So it's like, dude, there's a football field every five minutes here. Like, we can do, at least try to cultivate that type of ice. It's expensive, but we can do it. I know I know, Columbus can. Heck, we just saved a uh, soccer team from leaving. So if we can do that, we can do this. So hopefully some people step up to the plate and we can start doing some more uh, sheets of ice.
2: Well, and that speaks, you know, that speaks to the power of the fans and the power, you know, the things that fans can get accomplished when they, you know, are focused on a singular goal. Um, And, you know, like you said, first and foremost, you are a fan. So do you have a Blue Jackets moment or a game that's like one of your favorites or like one that sticks out um, to you over the course of being a a Blue Jackets fan?
0: I have to say... Everybody will go. Obviously, Tampa sweeping Tampa Bay. Obviously, highlight. I I was on the third tier with uh, some of the staff, and I screamed so loud I got lightheaded to a point because I was so high up, and I got lightheaded. And I brought my buddy from Cincinnati. Um, he he had never he he went to a playoff game with me the year before. And we were not good. Uh, we just actually we we shit the bed. And then the next year to come back and beat Tampa, he was like, dude, that's the highlight of all highlights. He's like, I've been it's like, I've been to Rose Bowls, I've been to bowl games, because he works in he works in university athletics. And he's like, that was highlight. He's like, that was tops. He's like, you we just took out the top team in the NHL. Just took them out. And so that one obviously with a lot of Blue Jackets fans will be number one because it's so recent. But the one that gets my heart, the one that really gets my heart, and it's just because it was just raw, natural enthusiasm, wasn't manufactured, it wasn't anything, it was the first home playoff win in Nationwide Arena where Brandon Dubinsky, how did Floree get out of net? I have no idea, but he fielded that. Johansson, for some reason, had presence of mind to go back behind the trap Flicked the puck just to the middle, and Dubinsky's stick was right there. Flipped it in, empty netter. Holy crap, that place went nuts, okay? And all the momentum was on our side at that time. Pittsburgh had nothing. They were gassed. At that point, nothing. And I'll never forget it. R.J. Umberger blocked the shot with his body and, like, literally, like, took it away from Niskanen, which Niskanen's got a nasty shot. Took it away from him. Uh, the puck kind of dribbled out to Wisniewski, uh, or went out to Nick. Nick flipped over to Wisniewski. Wisniewski sipped it back. He shot it from, like, literally inside the blue line and knuckle-pucked it right into the net. First of all, Flory should have had that. that that's, a, that's a no-brainer. Flory should have had that. Second of all, the the pandemonium after that, like, I mean, it was just, it was just like, a, it was like a burden had just re- been released from us because we had had – so many years of just not nothing. Just I know we got the playoff win in Pittsburgh. That was great. Love seeing Maddie Calvert always has my heart. No matter where he goes, he's got my heart and to see that live, to see that enthusiasm and people just going nuts. There was a dance party in the middle of the concourse after the game, like the DJ was just playing, you know, some tunes, everybody's exiting. We started a dance party, and there was like a big circle. People were just dancing and having fun. It was just so raw joy. It was like that raw joy that you can't manufacture, you can't get anywhere else. So I I love the Tampa series. Don't get me wrong. That was one of the top moments. But for my heart, it was 2014, Nick Foligno putting it in the back of the net behind Fleury. And that was the same year that the fifth line came out too. Same exact timing. Our timing was perfect at that point. The fifth line, it just started blowing up. And then right there, you know, just to have that right there. Now, did we beat Pittsburgh? No. They were a pretty good team that year, a uh, pretty damn good team. But I think we just started that we knew what level we could get to. We knew that we'd get, we we'd get, we can get past the first round at some point, somewhere, somehow. And I think uh, that core group that we had at that point, um, kudos to Scott Housen, uh, J- JD and a lot of those guys putting that team together because people don't realize this. like and he bought us Nick. Felino. those trades were Scott Housen trades. So I think a lot of people forget that. They're like, Oh, Scott Housen, you know, he made the Jeff Carter trade. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be hard to forgive him for that one, but we did get Bobrovsky and he made some really good trades with Bobrovsky and getting Nick. Felino. So, uh, we wouldn't have those guys there and those were like the two anchors of our team for so long. So uh that one and then second place for me personally Matt Calvert hitting the face of the puck comes back scores the game winner versus Lundqvist. All day every day and so one of my one of my good friends, his name is uh Thomas Gutches uh he is the he is uh, uh manager for uh Beartooth and he's one, he's a good buddy of mine. Bear, by the way, listen to Bear too. Those are my buddy, those are my friends. They're a good rock band. Um, but anyway, he he always came to games with me because he lived around the corner. So I'm like, dude, let's go to this game, it's against the Rangers. It's like good. It's like I can talk cr- trash to all my New York friends. So it was I will never forget that puck hitting Matt Calvert. I'm like, it looked like a bullet hit him. Like it, that's what it looked like. It looked like a he got shot. And the blood was everywhere. And I'm like I said, I, I bet you – and I said, I know Matt – I looked at him and I'm like, bet you I know Matt comes back. He's that type of player. He's just that type of mentality. So he came back, and then you could tell he he looked like a little like – he looked like a Civil War soldier with the bandage all over his head and everything. He looked like he was a Yankee Doodle Dandy. Like He was just – he looked like a – he was like, all right, cool, let's go. And he was on the penalty kill. You put that guy on the penalty kill and he's like, dude, when he got out and open and he scored that goal, I, I was I was like, man, something special is here. Like something special is going on. And he scored that goal against Lundqvist. I had told Gutches earlier, like, but I I would love to see Matt Calvert score a goal. And he's like, Gutches, he's like, nah, nah. And then he looked at me, he went. <laughs> he, he was like, what? <laughs> We just went, we, we the whole place went bonkers for Matt Calvert. We were just all happy for him generally, but that was the most hockey thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Where you get shot by a ninety mile an hour piece of rock in a head and still come back and score a game winner, that's. And I love how it blew up nationally. Like it was all over Twitter. It was all over. It was like the most hockey thing you could think of, and uh, that's my second one. But like I said, those are too personal for me overall as a blue jacket fan, Tampa being swept, you know, seeing our Timmy Panarin throw it in the back of the net empty. And it's more empty netters after that. It was just like, it, <laughs> I I think of that meme from Simpsons. It's like, he's already dead. Like people were, <laughs> he's already dead. We, we put like, I think it was like three goals in like two minutes on them. It's like, okay, it's over. We got it. <laughs> but it, it was Tampa. they, and i think i think we i think personally the blue jackets awakened a beast the next year like tampa knew they were good but we're still the last team to beat tampa in the playoffs so we awakened a pretty pretty big giant a juggernaut so um yeah those are all those are all great
1: yeah, well, we asked. We actually asked Mike Todd that same question, and when we asked him, we said, "Okay, you can't say Tampa," and he gave us the exact same answer you did. That that game four win against Pittsburgh at home for the first one ever. I mean, it's just yeah. iconic stuff. And I've known Mark. I've known Mike for a while, and I. I, I we've talked
0: about that before. Uh, I've actually known Mike longer than he's like people have known. But I've I've known him since like probably oh seven, and. Uh, I just knew him from Dairy Queen in Pickerington. So that's how I knew him. But like, he was always, he was always really courteous to us. He always said hi to us. Probably one of the best dudes I've ever had. And he's a merch head like I am. So like when a news, when something new drops, he's like really excited about it. Like I am. And I'm like, okay, I'll come see you.
1: <laughs> no I, doubt. He's got one
0: of my best customers too. So,
1: Oh, Appreciate no doubt. Him. No doubt. So for you, like, you you have this like weird like you're in this weird place and maybe you're not maybe you could tell me that like where it's like fandom for sure and like diehard fandom mixed with it's still being a part of like your business venture so like how difficult is that sometimes for you the when you think about the things that are happening here during the off season and you're thinking about you know what what personnel moves are going to happen for the team and you know how things are going to go is that difficult for you to ever have to process uh,
0: not really honestly um I have my opinions, obviously. Uh, I can I can put them on Twitter for everybody to see, and I can be that 15 year old, 14 year old kid, like, oh, he's fucked. Uh. I'm not that guy anymore. I've grown. I, I'm, you know, I, I'm older. I'm not going to say how old. But I'm older. Uh, but uh, for me, uh, I, I mean, I have my personal opinions about moves, but I trust. You have to trust the management that's put in there. They have scouts that work tirelessly hours. I've seen scouts there past midnight working on film, working on development, stuff like that, coaches. Gosh, I don't know. I, can, I, I can't tell you how many times I've walked in the parking garage and seen either torts or somebody's car just still there because there's something they need to fix. They need to take care of it right away or it's, become, it's going to become a problem. I think people – who are who are the keyboard warriors gm keyboard warriors i think some of them scream louder than others and it's not necessary just understand that the moves are being made because they've gone through the process they eat live and breathe this every day unfortunately none of not all of us do that you know and so that's their job is to evaluate they're not blind to what's going on outside they know what's going on they know their opinions are out there like uh, you know, with the Seth Jones saga right now, you know, like, do we keep him or do we trade him? And you know, everybody's the, the chatter. I know some for some people, that's their job is to cultivate that chatter. But for me personally, I'm supposed to support whatever is going on hockey-wise here in Columbus. That's my job, and I can I, I have opinions. I, 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 there's certain players I love. I, I, I'm sure there's players that I'm like, eh, I'm kind of okay with, uh, but. My job is to root them on because they represent me. They represent Columbus, and whether they want to be here or they're just here for a moment or a season, that's not my determination. that's theirs they I can't think for them. I can't tell them what to do um, but at the same time like i do I do strongly believe that uh the the new the renewed chemistry between j d and Yarmo. Is going to be beneficial to us. Like we had a down year last year. Yeah, it it's it wasn't the greatest output. And my God, what, look what we got back at the trade deadline for some of these players, you know? Like we have nine picks right now. Gosh, the the we we have things that we can do now that no other team can. We have flexibility. Also, you gotta remember expansion drafts coming up. And so now I'm trusting the management more than ever anything. You know, like everybody got really sad a, a few years ago when William Carlson was let go. They they couldn't protect him because they had – and sometimes it comes down to con- uh, contracts. Like, you know, they have to be protected because of the contracts that the players sign with them. Um, William Carlson was just unfortunately on a kind of like an entry-level contract in a sense, like a one- or two-year deal. And it was just – you had to make those hard decisions, unfortunately. But we were able to protect Corpus Allo, we're able to cut uh, Josh Anderson for what it was worth, and we're able to protect a couple other things too. And we were able to—I well, mean, Yarmo's making smart moves. He was able to unload some contracts that we were stuck under, like uh, unfortunately David Carlson, who didn't work out, or, or Clarkson. Sorry, who didn't work for us. Uh, you know, Vegas like, yeah, we'll take the contract. No big deal. Okay, well that that frees up a lot of money and a lot of cap space. So I Yarmo's not. The problem, and it's not a, a a management problem. They they're doing everything they can. In my opinion, it comes down to the players believing in what they're doing, and it's not it's it's got to be more of a team and less individuals. Um, and you know, you got. I mean, think about this: we have Max Domi on our team. We have guys like uh, Seth Jones. Uh, we have Zach Werenski that's going to come back stronger than ever. We have you know we do we have Patrick Liney. To, I mean come on like this team is not buried don't bury the team before it's even really gotten together because we didn't have a training camp last year like Torch said we went straight into a season we had a couple days to kind of get everybody ready and then we had all that drama that happened beforehand so we already started off on a bad foot because of the drama that happened everybody was like oh look at, look at Columbus they can't keep players blah 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 I I have confidence in the in what we we're doing there's smart people in the the right place at the right time. And, you know, you you have, do we have two great goaltenders right now, you know, and who knows, they might, they're, they're still going to be here next year. Who knows? I mean, we don't know what they're thinking, but the thing is, though, I always tell people this, don't, don't diss what you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. You're just looking at the superficial and what you've read on some kids blog or some, Thing that you have out on Twitter, it's I think it's the stupidest thing. Like, well, I think I put out the tweet the other night. When I see a person, <laughs> when I see an individual put out per reports, it's never true. I'm like, Wh- whose reports did you wa- did you read? Oh, were you and your buddies talking? Oh, okay, they- those are reports. So they're coming up with hypothetical scenarios that don't even make sense. So I, me personally. I just support who's ever in the blue jacket uniform. I'm there. I, 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 whoever doesn't want to be here. I wish them well. I'm serious to God. Like Panarin, when he left, he wanted to go to New York. That was, that was his dream team. And he got the sign with them. Cool. Bob, Bob wanted to live on vacation. He got his wish. He gives in Miami. Now he plays hockey on vacation. So those guys, I wish them well. They're making moves personally for themselves and their careers. I've had to do that myself. I've had to, I can't be that loyal to a thing when I know I can do this. So I have to move on and I'm not like, I'm not going to bash them. I'm not going to get mad at them. They're, they're their own player, their own person and good for them. Good for them. But you know, like the whole, what like Seth Jones thing, he knows when it's his time and he knows when he needs to stay. He, he knows that. And so, you know, maybe it's maybe he feels like in his heart this is his season. He needs to move on. I'm not going to fault him for that. I'm not going to fault Seth Jones for that. He's given us and he's given us his all. He's given everything. I mean, my God, that when he broke his ankle a couple years ago, you know how much the team hinged on him. We we saw the team kind of tank a little bit because we didn't have that solid defenseman that could, you know, get possession that kind of stuff. So I don't want to see him go. It's it's not my call, you know? So. Uh, sure. Yeah. I, I, like, hoping, I'm here to support.
1: I'm just hoping he hasn't gotten traded as we're recording because literally the last time we recorded an episode with a guest was when we hired Brad Larson to cut. Co- <laughs> so it <was> like news <laughs> just happens to break while we record with a guest. And so I'm hoping we don't close out of our yeah, and see. I don't
0: see anything happening. I, it's Canada Day. Everybody's off. Is that how that works? Yeah. Yeah, I think so you oh, I mean, think about it, right? Like if this was a normal year at this point, first of all, we're not talking about Stanley Cup, we're talking about free agency right now. And Canada is always free agent because that's like Christmas for Canadians. It's like, oh, where are they gonna go? And you know, I you know, I have a lot of Canadian friends, so I'm not being mean or nothing, but it's hockey is the, the king up there, you know. So I uh I I'm usually glued to NHL network at this time, pretty much all the time. So I, I I it's just a weird year and uh whatever. I'm uh I'm a, I'm 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 just excited for hockey again. You know, like I love watching the Stanley Cup. I don't care whose team it is, Stanley Cup is there's no other there's no other sport like it. Watching the Stanley Cup is my favorite because those guys are putting every last bit of energy they've they've been saving up. To this point, they've given they're giving 100 percent because they want that sterling silver cup. And, dude, I freaking love it. They are throwing their bodies around. Dude, Josh Anderson the other night was absolutely murdering people. He was going out and just absolutely destroying people. So that, that was like my first note that I took down, like Josh Anderson hitting anything that moves. <laughs> so and the, the, I mean, he he's so close. Those, all, both teams are like, we're this close. I mean, Tampa knows the reward of getting a Stanley Cup, but Montreal, oh my gosh, if they get a Stanley Cup, Canada's closed for at least two months, more, because they're going to be celebrating. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, yeah, I I, I think our sport's the best, but now I'm biased. Well,
2: we are too, so... we we feel the same way you know hockey's hockey's a number 1 for us and you know spreading that to anyone who will listen is another reason why we started the podcast yeah. um but yeah the stanley cup i mean last night was it was a lot to to watch that game and i hope you know i hope montreal can at least I'd like them to win a game at <laughs> least if they're not going to win the series. I'd like them to win the a game. The 3,500 fans. Yes. Oh, oh that is such a bummer. So for them.
0: I'm like, you're, you're still going to do that, huh? Like you're going to have all those people outside rioting and not inside the building. Like that doesn't make, for me, I guess it doesn't make sense. I'm like, put them in the building. They won't riot. They won't turn over cars. and No, just 3,500. What is this? This is. Minor league hockey game? Come on, guys, open it up. So I, I, I hope they eventually come to their senses. uh Next couple days, I hope they, I hope they open up game four at least. But I know game three tomorrow night is going to be kind of, blah. They have that, look at that manufactured uh, sound that Mike Todd was doing all this season. Poor guy, he he was the fifth line. <laughs>
2: Yes, we, we, we talked, I was like, I, we told him that we had went to that first game back and I was like, we were trying, we were trying to help you so that you didn't have to do as much crowd noise, <laughs> like, just yelling as much as we could. Um, I, I'm
0: excited. I can't wait for October because we're all going to be back in the building and it's going to be packed full 17, 18,000 strong. I can't wait. I'm stoked.
2: Well, that's, I mean, yes, October and getting back into hockey and, you know, does that, what big, if you can even tell us, I mean, what big things are you excited for with a new season coming up? Are there any project hints that you can let us in on or a dream scenario? I mean,
0: honestly, one of my dream scenarios is to obviously link up with the blue jackets and, have have that marriage between uh, a, a brand that gives back to the community and the team that we represent and and are I mean it's not the it's not everything that we do but they they a lot of things hinge on them it's it's the point of contact I mean I, that would be my dream scenario is that every that six one four is inside the building inside Nationwide Arena and and being an impact. Uh, to the people inside the arena, you know, we're, we're uh, I, you know, like, you know, we have ideas, we have thoughts, you know, we, we have internal talk and stuff like that. But I would, I mean, that would be like my biggest thing is I would love to just have 614 hockey inside nationwide arena and just be part of that community in that building. So where people can just like uh, just work. Like I went to Piranis the other day and they, I was like, hey, my name's Matt, you know, kind of doing my sales pitch a little bit. You know, I'm like, hey, I'm with 644 hockey. And the guy's like, yeah, we get asked about your gear all the time. I'm like, and you didn't reach out to us? Like, we could have we could to put some gear in here. So we're we're working with Piranis to possibly get some six four four gear into Piranis uh hockey world. Um, but yeah, I mean my dream scenario is that like there's and and that not just that, that we're in Nationwide Arena and that there's good hype, that the team, there's some good hype around the team and good vibes around the team. You know that we're not just kind of like, "Well, we're going to suck again." Man. I hate that mentality. I'm just not that person. I'm I'm way too positive according to my business partner. I'm way too uh, uh <laughs> optimistic. But um I I'm that I'm just built that way. That's just who I am. I, I, I make no apologies for it. I'm just enthusiastic about a lot of stuff. Uh, uh, I, there's this great quote by Wolf... Uh, uh, was it Emerson? Emerson. It said, nothing great is accomplished without great enthusiasm. And that's my life quote right there. It's like, nothing great is accomplished without great enthusiasm. And you, you can't you can't expect great things to happen for you you have to make them happen sometimes so and that was the fifth line that was, there's a prime example i, had, I made it happen it, it like i put out a hashtag and i made a little graph and i said hey we are the fifth line and like you know the the, the 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 crew of idiots became overnight sensations <laughs> so it, to me like my dream scenario is that everybody's got a good vibe around october everybody's excited about the team that we've picked Around the coaching staff that's been picked for us, uh, I mean, I my gosh, Bradley right just went and bucked out two of the best AHL coaches in the AHL and said, "Hey, come over to Columbus." And now you got some. Now you got some. Uh, you got some different uh, blood in in behind the bench now. Very different than what Torts had, and I think that's a great thing to have. I think it's awesome. And I just want that excitement to build. And I think that's part of, of what you're doing and what we're doing here at 614 is building that excitement for hockey and just for that team, for the CBJ, you know. Because I just – I hate when people are pessimistic. Like, they're just um, vain about everything, you know. It's just like – it's like, oh, well, I guess we'll go to the game. It's not a social event, okay. It's not like – I guess I'll go have a beer and spend 80 bucks. No, you're, you're supporting the team. Like go and support the team. Buy, buy a 614 hockey shirt from 614hockey.com, you know, and you know, do, just do, do positive stuff. Be a positive. Cause I'm going to tell you this, the players notice it and people don't realize this, but the players notice when the, the, the tidal wave goes up and then when it comes down, they notice it. I've, I've talked to them. They know when it's just like this season just hit a wall, and I understand we didn't have the best outcomes. We lost a lot of games by. I remember in the beginning of the season we lost a lot of games by one goal. So and all the, remember all those overtimes that we went to that we lost. Think about those turned into points. So you have to be you have to be positive about what we have right now. Because think about this: if we would have gotten that extra point, maybe that maybe that's a score or somebody coming up like. Gosh, Bjorkstrand had a coming-out party last year, still the most underrated superstar. There's there's a lot of positives to take from a negative, and I, I guess that's just how my mentality is. So that's my dream scenario is that everybody's in unison like that. Nobody's just going to a game and griping about, oh, the power play sucks, or uh, he should have been on the blue line, or man, that goalie was out of position, blah, blah, blah what did you pay 80 bucks for to gripe at somebody? I can you know, do that in my house. <laughs> Go in there and just be positive, be, be, and be, be cognate of people around you. Because if you're negative and you're, you're saying that around them at the game and they, maybe they're just casual fans, then they're going to have a negative opinion. And then it just trickles. And what I've always said is for every one, co- one positive comment, there's always 10 negative waiting. And you have to be positive. You just have to keep that mentality, and and treat everything properly. So I, I that's my dream scenario is that everybody goes into the season. First of all, six one four hockey is inside the building, but also that uh, that everybody has a positive outlook on the season. That nobody's just going in there and dreading going into Nationwide Arena. Nobody wants that to ha- happen, and I don't want to hear S T H griping about how he's paying this much money for his seat for this team to, to lose. Uh, you're not entitled. You're doing this. You're doing this cause you like hockey. Okay. You're not entitled to any opinions on the team. The team's not listening to you. Okay. You have a service rep guy that's on the other end. And it's like, okay, I feel you, man. Well, how can I make that boo-boo better? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like, I, I just don't like keyboard warriors. I don't like general managers. I don't like people who are negative. I just, cannot be around it because my whole premise of this whole thing is people who are positive and just want to go forward like you guys you know subjectively speaking is trying to do positive things in the in in this area and you guys just came up uh, like what was this like three four months ago
2: yeah we started on the third game of this season so in january
0: yeah Um, yeah And, and and see that's See, that, that makes me happy because I want to see more content. I want to see more Booy Jackets content, but I want to see the right content. I don't want to see you know somebody who wants to start their own barstool podcast or something like that. Like You want to go talk about getting drunk? There are barstools for that. I don't need another barstool. Okay? I need something that feeds my fandom and that's what you guys are doing. and, and You guys are doing a great job and obviously uh, supporting 614 and by the way, uh, Romeo's Pizza. You're on board. I love it.
2: We love we love Romeo's Pizza. We, it it all started on Twitter. That's where our our friendship blossomed, and you know it's just they're good people. We, they're good they are peoples. very good people. Yeah.
0: And so, uh, yeah, and those are the those are the those are the type of the things I like to cultivate. Like I'm starting to work with Homestead Brew, uh, Beer Company out of uh, Newark. You know, my hometown. And you know they have already talked to you know I'll tell you about a little project here. We're already talking about doing a uh, a hockey-themed beer. So be on the lookout. It'll be it'll be at a arena or bar near you. So we're already working that. on that and uh, just cultivating good partnerships that people want to be part of the hockey community. Like uh, uh, Homestead, their owners are season ticket holders. At the blue jacket so you know you want to cultivate those you want to like and, and you know bring people to the table like that so um i think like i said dream scenario everybody's on the right page on the right mentality going into the season and not being uh i'm very bad with words not
2: being uh, negative that's, Nancy.
0: That's is that what i want to say
2: mm-hmm.
0: okay there you go <laughs> i did think about that i'm i'm not like i said first-class idiot sometimes.
2: No.
1: Never that. Never that. But I think that's a great place to, like, you know, kind of just, like, uh, like, this has been it's such an enlightening like I hope people are listening to this and they're like getting as fired up as I am like because I've like been sitting here like just thinking through like all the ways in which we can continue like I'm sure after we're off this call I'm gonna be like hey Laura we need to talk about like how <laughs> yeah. we continue to hockey in the city of Ohio or in the city of Columbus because like it, it is it's just inspiring to hear and listen to and I think I think your point is a great one you know and, and it's that they're they're cannot be cultivation without like positivity and without like, you know, it doesn't matter if the team isn't, you know, winning a cup next year or whatever. It it matters that, you know, this is something that we're cultivating and creating community with. And, and to your point, you know, any, anyone can, you know, shoot the shit up about hockey over some beers and, and, you know, talk whatever they want to talk about it, but it comes down to the things that I think you're doing in the community that I think is so empowering. I think what we're trying to do and that's, to bring the sport to people and to, to build community with it. And, yeah. I think, uh, and I hope that people listen to this episode and they're, they're inspired to do that.
0: I, I hope I, same thing too. Like, you know, like I just, I want, I want our enthusiasm to rub off on everybody else. And like, I don't want somebody to see like, well, that guy, he's just out here for a cash grab. That's why he keeps shooting shirts. I'm like, no, I actually just want to be an impact on the community. I want yeah, if I come up with a cool design, I hope people like it. But people don't realize that some of that money goes toward helping people, helping people. Like you know, like if, I, if there's a kid in need, I'm like you know, like I said, if he needs skates or he needs pads or something like that, I've always said to all these organizations, please hit me up. I want to help, and I'm never, I'm never shy about that. Now, my business partner might not like some of the ideas I have, but um, we always talk it out. So it's like, it's like, hey, I want to donate some uh, some jerseys. What? <laughs> and, no, no, we're not doing that.
1: <laughs> I think that's going to be me at but some it's point. A tax
0: write off.
1: <laughs> that it is.
0: But uh, yeah, six one four hockey. I I, I want to keep it going. I want to keep it cultivated. I've been offered a lot of money for six one four hockey, like, and I I just can't give it up. I I just like no. I got to build this the right way to, to give it to somebody who's going to do it the right way. Uh, And I want to keep going with it. And I I want somebody with the same energy and passion that I have for this to keep it going. Uh, I was just, uh, I was just at Eldora Speedway this past weekend and Tony Stewart owns that track. And I love the story behind that because um, Earl Baltus was the guy who started Eldora and he was, you know, you built this track out of nothing into something. I mean, it's in the middle of a cornfield. Like, you go out to Western Ohio, Rossburg, Ohio, there's cornfield, 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 wheatfield, cornfield, and then, boom, this humongous track that everybody wants to go to. And I love what Errol Ball to said. He's like, I I had so many offers for this track, but I only trusted it with one person. That was Tony Stewart because I knew Tony Stewart would keep it going the right way, and it has. It has. The best dirt track in the United States.
1: So, oh yeah, huge!
0: Oh dude, I, I had so much fun this weekend. It was great. I, I I'm a a part redneck, so I really like NASCARs and cars that go fast. <laughs> so
1: you and me both. I grew up with it. My dad is from Newark. Like my fa- whole family's from Newark. So like got a little bit of the. I've got it on us myself. So
2: yeah, and my brother in law is a uh, retired. Uh, dirt track sprint car driver and oh, so wow. most of his family so
0: they've been, to been. Mm-hmm. oh yeah
2: 100 yeah if you've ever heard of a Hodden shield that's my brother-in-law so oh,
0: okay i'll i have to look it up i i know a few people like i i went to school with uh donnie moran's uh niece and so donnie moran was like the king out where we were at because he was the first million dollar winner on on late on uh late model so he won the he won the million first million dollar person in, tra- in dirt track history and he won it and he was like he's from like right around the corner from where we were at so i was like this is sick and so but i mean like i i grew up in a family that loved cars so we my i i posted a video of my dad the other day for fathers day all he wanted to do was plant himself in front of a tv and watch the nascar race so that's my dad <laughs> That's um, definitely
2: Jeremy's dad, too. So you are in good company. Uh,
0: well, you and my dad could be friends. because my dad has nothing else to do now. So, <laughs> um, But no, yeah. I, I just like that story. It's like for 614 Hockey, I wanted to make sure that if I ever got rid of it, it went to somebody who will take care of it properly. Not just somebody who will just wants the name and the branding. Somebody who will actually cultivate it and keep the mission statement going. And that's what I loved about that Aerobaltus Baltus and – Tony Stewart, he kept he kept his promise, kept the ticket prices low, food prices were low, kept everything just the way it was, you know. So, very cool,
1: very very cool. So, well, it's no doubt that with people like you around hockey in Columbus, that that is exactly what's going to happen here. It's, it's going to keep growing, and and I can't wait to see what it comes to.
0: Yeah, I'm here for it. Not going anywhere.
1: They- Perfect. Well, Matt, I, again, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time and, and giving your time to a couple of first class idiots ourselves (laughs) and and chatting some hockey and chatting your story. It's been, like I said, just so enlightening and so, so exciting to, to learn your story. And and just, again, it's, I want to be back in nationwide arena. So like I would bust through the doors if I could right now. Oh
0: yeah. I'm right around the corner, like literally 10 minute walk from here. I'm at nationwide arena. So, um, I walk by it sometimes. Like, How you doing, bud? See you in a little bit. So I do the same thing. I'm just like you. I, I can't wait to get through the doors. Can't wait to sit down in my seat, watch watch some hockey. Uh, you know, hear Mike Todd, hear Greg. You know, run into people that you know because like I've always said this fifth line is family. You always run into people you know throughout the concourse, and we just got this big collective family of people, and it's that's what I always say fifth line is family. Um, and I have, I'm looking at my thing now. Uh, we've talked for an hour and a half. This is the <laughs> longest podcast in the history of mankind.
1: I right. don't know. Laura and I are good at recording long podcasts. So I don't know if, I don't know if it's <laughs> a long, it, it might end up being the longest one we've done, but not by much.
0: <laughs> I'm not a good, I'm not a good podcast guy just because I'm such a one-on-one guy. So like when you hang out with me, you're going to hang out with like a buddy and podcast is just not my thing. I can't keep it short. Like so keep it sweet, keep it short, keep it simple. I'm just not built that way. Just neither are we.
2: Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. are definitely very chatty. So you are you are in good company with the two of us.
0: Well, when when this gets uh, when this gets released, uh, somebody will have something to listen to while they're at work.
2: Yes. Yes, one hundred
1: percent. With my Kermit the Frog voice. <laughs> no. I don't know it's if I'd say all that. Good deal. Well, Matt, thank you so much. And Matt, let, let everybody know where they can find you. Like I mean, I'm sure if they're listening, they know, but like just you know, uh, give, give, your, give your plugs.
0: All right, so I have uh my personal accounts is at Feff Fef. So it's P F E F F E R, then F E F F. And that's on all social media. So that's from Facebook, Twitter, uh, Snapchat. I'm not a real big Snapchat guy. Maybe because I'm old. I don't know. Uh can't find me on TikTok. You will not find me on TikTok because I don't know how to do the dances. Okay. Um I I TikTok is just for dances, okay. That's I'm I'm convinced. Okay. So anyway, and then uh six one four hockey dot com or six one four hockey dot com is our website. Uh that's where you can find all of our merch. Uh if you have any questions, you're all always free to email us. Uh, also uh at six one four hockey across all social media platforms, uh the three main ones Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, and you can always DM us if, like, you're like, "Hey, you're you're out of this." Particularly, well, we're kind of in a flux situation right now because uh, we're right in the middle between two seasons, and we're getting ready to do some really cool stuff. Um, I'm partnering up with a hockey brand that people are familiar with their the owner uh, very much. He has a Stanley Cup in his, his uh, on his finger, and uh, I have a brand that's uh, wanting to work with us, and I love it. They're actually local too, by the way, he owns it, but they're locally here in Ohio and it's a major brand. So I'm really stoked for that. We're trying to, trying to sneak into the Columbus market here. It's, it's pretty awesome. So um, uh, look for some really big stuff from 614 hockey this year. Uh, Probably, probably drop a new Jersey before the season starts. So we had the black and white one uh, might drop a new Jersey before the end of the season. So. Uh, before the beginning of the season, sorry, before the end of the summer. How about that?
2: Perfect.
1: We'll hold you to it.
0: <laughs> right, and then uh, we're also thinking about some summer events here too. So uh, stay tuned on all the six one four platforms. Uh, we're thinking about doing a uh, hockey movie night. Uh, so we will all get together. It's always like a like a nice thing is to get everybody together uh, during the summer and just talk hockey, watch hockey. Probably sometimes after after uh, rookie camp. Uh, after rookie camp is done. There'll be sometime after that where we'll be able to sit down and uh, maybe uh, do an event where we can bring the 614 stuff out, uh, bring some guys out, and uh, we can watch a hockey movie. And I'll I'll let the fans pick it out
2: yeah that would be amazing and just to be be around some more fifth liners um before the season starts would be absolutely fantastic. so we will i know jeremy and I for sure will be keeping an eye out for for all of that news so yeah,
0: I, I think it'd be a great idea to just gotta kind of get everybody together kind of like in the middle of summer and just do some really cool fun hockey stuff so uh we're we're planning on that right now, but uh it's it's in the infant
1: stages, so we'll see what happens. Good deal. Well, we will look for it. Matt, thank you so much. I'm so excited for people to hear this. As they listen to this part, they'll have already heard it, but um, hopefully y'all enjoy this conversation as much as Laura and I did. And again, Matt, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you guys for having me.
2: Oh my goodness. I super hope that everyone who listened to that interview with Matt are Equally as pumped about this upcoming Blue Jackets season as Jeremy and I are, um, seriously, could have talked to hours, could have talked four hours with Matt um, about everything. And just his passion is truly contagious. And I am just so in awe of all the incredible things that he has done and will continue to do uh, within the, in the hockey community. And I'm pretty stoked to... Have just had this interaction and I hope that this is, you know, a budding friendship between subjectively speaking and 614 hockey and that together we can do, you know, some incredible things for this community that we love.
1: Without a doubt. And <clears throat> I mean, to be honest, as soon as we got done recording the episode, it wasn't like a goodbye. Hey, like we we sat on, we talked for another, you know, hour just about like our love for Columbus and and you know what we want to see subjectively speaking do and like what, what Matt wants to do. And y'all are really not, y'all are going to want to pay attention to Matt and, and six on hockey over the next few weeks and months, because just some really exciting stuff there. And, and I just cannot wait to see what comes of it. And so, um, so yeah, I mean like that, the interview, I, I don't know, Laura, if there's much else that we can add to this episode to make it even more special. Um, I do want... Well, of course there's something to make it more special, Laura. Contest. We could give away some shit. If we give away some shit, that's special, right? Exactly. Um So, first things first. Talking about our good friend, Matt. Uh, if you have some 614 Hockey merch, I'll... Uh, the Elvis Merzlikens moment or the DJ MDZ moment that Laura's rocking, you could win some free pizza from our friends at Romeo's pizza, get you some saucy slices. We're going to hook you up with a free pizza. Um, We're going to hook up three random people with a free pizza. Don't don't play me. Don't use my words against me. Three random people. Um, And we are going to pick them at random. Just take a selfie in your favorite, uh, you know, 614 hockey apparel, whether that's, you know, the club or DJ MDZ uh, shirt or – any of the cam atkinson nick felino line like any of the 614 hockey brand you wear it you snap a picture of it uh you're gonna just make sure that you tag us in it you're gonna tag romeo's you're gonna tag 614 hockey just make sure you're giving us all follow show us some love and we will throw you into um a contest to win some free pizza we'd love to give some out to you to celebrate our 50th
2: and then if that's not cool enough we are also doing a contest to give away to two lucky winners, some free breadsticks to go with your saucy slices from Romeo's Pizza, and drumroll an exclusive subjectively speaking merch pack um, for a very lucky winner. To enter into this contest, you need to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast on whatever platform you listen to us on. Send us a screenshot um, that you have done so, and we will add you into this contest. Um, This merch pack is totally customizable. You get to pick which logos of ours that you would like um, on a t-shirt, on a mug, on a sticker and a magnet. Um, It's a pretty sweet deal, Um, it is a $50 prize pack, so you are getting a lot of great merch from Subjectively Speaking, or you're getting some super tasty breadsticks um, from our pals over at Romeo's Pizza, so two great contests to celebrate, a huge milestone for our little podcast that could, um, and we hope that you will enter, and we can't wait to see your submissions. This whole thing has just been crazy. This week has been crazy. Um, We topped out at the number 24 hockey podcast in the United States this week, which is absolute insanity. Um, And that is all thanks to you and this incredible community that we are building. And we just are over the moon.
1: That we are. And before we close out, Um, of course, Laura and I put a lot of hard work into the podcast and, you know, it means a lot to us, but it would be wild if we didn't close out this 50th episode without me thanking a few folks, uh, who have been integral to the podcast. Um, the first one, and and I have to shout him out first because I know he might be having a hard day today because the Nashville Predators are not making a lot of their fans very happy right now. Um but Steven Shrek, my brother, uh, you know, one of my best friends is um, I am so grateful that he like decided on a whim to hop on episodes with us toward the beginning and to just, you know, have fun and, and, you know, kind of help us to form an identity. Like, I feel like Steven was really integral in us kind of finding our voice like in, in this podcast and without Steven you know, I don't know where we'd be, and so I'm really grateful. And and I, Stephen, if you're listening, <laughs> I need you to come back soon. <laughs> um, Stevens are very special, and so we have to thank Stephen Kniecki, who, um, you know, has been the, you know, visual representation of this podcast since we decided to rebrand a little bit at the beginning um, of this month. That's crazy to me. We started talking about rebranding in April and we didn't actually do it until June because we wanted to make sure it was perfect for you all. And it, the timing was great. But, uh, you know, as much as I loved <laughs> the look before, Stephen has brought this podcast to life. And so we're super grateful for that. Uh, you know, Two folks who have been really just incredible in in giving us their time. And, well, three, including Matt. Uh, So thank you, Matt, again, for the episode today. But, um, you know, Mark Scheig, who got a DM from this small at the time podcast that just wanted to talk about the trade deadline as if, you know, this person who writes about hockey for – for his job, didn't have enough to worry about at the time. Uh, He hopped on. We had great conversations. It was our most listened to episode for the longest time because it was just so great. The content that he had, I mean, he's incredible. And Mark, if you're listening, you, we would love to have you back soon. And of course our friend, the 11 out of 10 dairy queen, curl curly Q master, Mike Todd himself could not be more grateful for the time that you spent with the podcast and for lending your voice to the podcast for every intro. It it just it it makes it sound incredible and I just cannot thank you enough, my friend. Um am I forgetting anybody, Laura?
2: I mean in general just thank you to everyone who has interacted with us, who has shared a post, who has listened to the podcast. I mean, this is truly and I'm not kidding, truly something we never imagined would happen six months ago when we sat down to record the first episode, you know, I'm not going to lie. I thought it would just be the two of us and my mom that would listen. Um, you know, we have thankfully.
1: And I re- barely listen.
2: And that's true, Jeremy, barely listened. So, um, but, you know, honestly, from the bottom of our hearts, it is just been fantastic. And I also want to say on behalf of both of us, A big thank you to the Hockey Podcast Network, to Dylan um, and Isha and everyone who has just supported us, who believed just from hearing a couple of episodes that we would make a fantastic um, addition to their network. So I honestly cannot thank the Hockey Podcast Network enough Um, for believing in us and helping us to grow and to, you know, the next 50, like, here we come.
1: We were at the world's most high-class dining establishment, Olive Garden, the other day. And (laughs) Laura and I just went, oh shit, 100 is going to be here soon because of how busy this off season is going to be and then getting into the regular season. So I don't know what we're going to do for 100 to top top what Matt did uh, with us today, but we're going to try to put together something special for sure. But, uh, you know, in the meantime, I made Laura do it last time, and I'm just, like, realizing that maybe to ensure that we both don't lose our voices and, you know, the most important part of being able to podcast. We've got a lot of plugs, so I'll, I'll give you an assist on this one, Laura, and you can tell me if I fuck it up. Will okay, be. This is my test because this is the first one I've done since we decided to do everything else. You can visit our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. com. you want to get some merch, you want to get the Subjectively Speaking logo um, on a really comfy Heather Gray shirt, you can do that by going to subjectivelyspeaking.threadless.com. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, you can do that at Subjectively Pod. You can find us on Facebook by just searching Subjectively Speaking. You'll find us there. I don't know if we have any other ones, Laura. Was that it? <laughs> I don't really
2: know. I think that was everything. We do um,
1: you we have YouTube. I did upload our Hockey Podcast Network uh, intro to YouTube. I have never even looked to see if, if it's gotten a single view. I don't think I've ever posted it anywhere. So it's possible that uh, we've gone viral on YouTube and don't know
2: it. Well, there you go. And if you're listening to this before the end of July 3rd, our um, exclusive um, partnership with the Kaleidoscope Youth Center in, the, in Columbus, which helps LGBTQIA youth, um, we are still donating all of the proceeds from our Pride logo through July 3rd. Um, so if you haven't yet, drop in, pick up something with our incredible Pride logo. Again, shout out to Stephen. Um, you can get anything from a sticker to a magnet, to a cup, to a shirt. We've got it all. Um, and honestly, we just can't, I can't say it enough. Follow us, rate, review, and subscribe. Um, yeah.
1: We don't know why it helps, but we just know it does. Exactly. But until we get the chance to connect to y'all with episode 51, be safe. What? It can't be, it cannot be an episode unless I say something and just immediately go, huh? (laughs) Like, so be safe, be well, treat each other with kindness. And we will talk to y'all next time.
2: Bye.